0: You are listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rappoff.
1: Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 3 7. Of the Bulldog Hour, I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host Justin Rapoff.
0: Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. Um, you know, we're well well past the halfway point of the season now, so plenty to talk about, uh, and and you know some some good games uh, over the last uh, few weeks, and some big ones coming up.
1: Thankfully, in years past, this actually was the halfway point of the season oh, yeah. for the bulldogs to yeah, I should have in... I
0: should have been more clear regular season
1: yeah right for, season. way past the halfway Yeah, I hope point it's not the, the halfway,
0: halfway point of this one either
1: yeah, that'd be great. Uh, you know we're into uh, week fourteen. things are going pretty good for the bulldogs. Yeah. but actually, you know we're here tonight to talk about good things going for the bulldogs because now two straight shows where we are broadcasting without a loss,
0: yeah. And I'll tell you what, it's a lot more fun, and it's great to do interviews. And I think some of them are picking up on it, that we only do the interviews after wins.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've um, mentioned it, so they should know. But, you know, they they kind of, after they break their post-game huddle and they see me standing on the field, they're all just like, all right, who's it going (laughs) to be? Who's up next? And it's usually two. We like to do them in pairs. I think they're more comfortable when someone else is speaking with them. And we have actually three interviews to show you tonight we have one post win versus Penn Manor then another from just the other night after the win versus Lebanon and we also caught up with coach Dom so we'll get to hear from the coaching staff as well as the players following the Wilson victories so we have another jam-packed show for you that we are getting together literally right up to the seconds before we started the broadcast tonight lots going on um And maybe one of the biggest things to mention right now is, well, two of the streaks are alive and well. The Bulldog victory over Lebanon on Friday night gave Wilson their fifth victory of the season, which guarantees the Bulldogs another year more of the long, long streak of a season without a losing record so they're guaranteed no worse than a five and five record obviously they hope and we hope that i'm sure they probably expect to win at least one more game of the final three that they have on the schedule which two of which we'll be previewing at the end of this show so wilson five and two chalk up another year with a non-losing record
0: yeah so which is just uh Another one of the incredible numbers. I know we talk about that kind of weekly. Um, just some of the crazy numbers that get thrown out. Um, that that's a big one. Um, so you know we we like to keep those going. You know we, we've seen and you mentioned some some streaks and uh, I think some streaks and records will both uh, get some get some play time tonight uh, on, on the show.
1: Yeah. So that's the fifth, This is the 54th straight season with at least a 500 or better record. We're up to 68 wins against LL League Section 1 opponents in a row. We haven't lost to an LL Section 1 opponent since. Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's
0: going to come up a a little bit. Yeah.
1: Because of what's coming here in the next week, that's definitely something that we're going to talk about. And, uh, you know, the next victory, be it happening in week eight, nine, or 10, will assure Wilson a. Uh, another year of with a winning record, which I believe is in the forties now. I think we're looking at maybe forty three, forty four. I don't years. know. I don't know. Yeah, I have to. I have to double check my uh, my stat information on that. But I know the seasons without with a non losing record, as they say, so five hundred or better. You know, five and five or better. That dates back to uh, 1964 and then the consecutive winning seasons will be 42 with a victory in the final three weeks of the season it'll move to 42 consecutive winning seasons so yep, lots to play for for sure um but before we move into the highlights recapping the wins and looking forward to the next few weeks we have some housekeeping stuff that we want to take care of just to remind you what you can get from us, where you can find us, and to uh, thank a few people. So if you want to follow and interact with us uh, during the week, especially on game nights or during the show, make sure you follow follow us and like us on Facebook at Bulldog Hour or Wilson Bulldogs Football, on Twitter at Bulldog Hour, at Wilson Bulldogs, at Coach Joe Mays, or at Mr. Underscore Raffoff. For pictures on Instagram at Bulldog Hour and at Wilson Bulldogs Football. And an archive of all the Bulldog Hours from the first three seasons can be found at youtube.com slash user slash Joe and Show. If that's not the uh the ways you like to interact, if you would rather send us an email to read on the show and address, you can hit us up at show at bulldoghour.com or Joe at Bulldog also on the website, there's a contact form. You can use that as well. And once again, we want to make sure we thank our sponsors. Uh, the main one being May Sandwich Shop, who's been my dad and company, has been helping us out for all three seasons of the show. Um, we want to thank our anonymous supporter and all those supporters that have contributed in the past. And most recent, recently, we mentioned him last week, but we do want to extend our gratitude to Matt Cruz for contributing to the the show, and if you're interested in supporting the show, make sure you check out all that information on bulldoghour.com. Our next live show will be after week nine, following the game at Hempfield, which will be Sunday, October 29th, right here on Facebook at 8:30. You know, I just mentioned it, but we want to say it again: supporting the show, besides sponsorship and advertising, the in-kind donations. The thing that Justin has made famous here is just spreading the word.
0: Yeah, like and share, like and share. And I know, um, you know, we kind of mentioned it before on previous shows, but I know some of you have come up to us at the games. You know, we always like uh, to hear your input or, you know, have your take or your questions or those things. So, yeah, approach if you see us, you know, send us the messages online, like and share online, all of that getting the word out uh, helps us, helps the show.
1: Yes, definitely. And any, any way you can uh, get more people to watch – Interact and just uh, contribute to the show in any way. Um, we we really appreciate it and we thank all the people that have done so thus far this year and in seasons past. So, well, I think before. Well, do you want to do that now, or do you want to wait until we get to the preview section?
0: Let's wait till we get to the preview. All
1: right, second. then we're gonna start with the highlights and the recaps of the games versus Penn Manor and Lebanon, two home games happening at Gersky on October 6th and October the 13th. And both games, you know, you don't want to say it, but expected to be Wilson victories. Uh, Penn Manor and Lebanon haven't been particularly strong in the last few years. Lebanon will be dropping down to section three. Penn Manor still looking for their identity In the last few seasons. But. You never want to overlook an opponent. No, But Wilson was able to get victories. Against Penn Manor and Lebanon. And. uh, Week six. They welcomed the Comets to Gurski. And they were able to take care of business. Things started a little bit iffy at the beginning. Just that opening uh, attempt at a drive. With a snap going over. uh, Urig's head. But they rebounded quickly. Settled down. Uh, both games that we're going to be talking about, obviously very emotional. Yeah. And, uh, but the victories came and that's what was most important to the bottom line of the program. So Wilson got the victory over Penn Manor back on October 6th,
0: 35 to 12. I know you had mentioned earlier, uh, that there are a number of streaks that are alive and well, um, this one. Continued the streak that Penn Manor has never beat Wilson. Correct, uh, I believe it's now twenty six and zero. Yeah, so you know, not not one of the more major ones that gets talked about a lot. Um, a few years ago, it was getting talked about a lot more. Right, um, but I know we've referenced that before, and just yet another uh, statistic, I guess, uh, that that was kind of alive and well uh, based on results from the last two weeks. Right, for sure. So let's uh, let's recap some of the statistics
1: from that sh- from that from that game if i can find the right tab here all right so 35 to 12 was the final wilson came out on top in most of the statistical categories as you'd expect first down wilson led 22 to 12 rushing yards wilson dominated there nearing the 200 yard mark with 193 held Penn Manor under 100 with 87 Passing yards, Wilson also on top, 202 to Penn Manor's 145. And obviously, total yards, Wilson, 395 to the Comets, 232. Bulldogs actually didn't have the ball all that long. They were pretty efficient with it on offense, and they didn't need to have it. They were actually up 35-0 at one point, invoking the mercy rule before the Comets got a couple scores late in the fourth quarter against uh, the junior varsity. Penn Manor held the ball for 27 minutes and 40 seconds. Third down. Both teams struggled a bit. Wilson was three for nine, Penn Manor two of 11, and fourth downs. Wilson just two of five, and Penn Manor one of three. Luckily for the Bulldogs, they capitalized on 75% of the red zone opportunities, three out of four, whereas they shut out Penn Manor, who didn't get a single point when they're inside the red zone. The Comets were 0 of three.
0: Yeah, so, you know, that was when you look at some of the stats, some of them kind of are indicative of the scores, others aren't, but. You know, like you said, the game well got off to you know uh, kind of a crazy start. Um, You know, Wilson got going and kind of had things under control and was able to push the lead up to thirty-five, get that clock running, and then uh, you know give up a couple scores late, but they they were able to um, you know able able to get some things done and and get get the job done overall against Penn Manor.
1: For sure. So let's take a look at the highlights from the game versus. Penn Manor. Alright, so like I said, the game against uh Penn Manor started a tad slowly. It, it wasn't exactly the perfect start that Wilson had hoped for. They received the kick. And uh you'll see here in a moment that not exactly the best first drive. Oh oh or three and out yeah. went to into punt formation and well it just uh wasn't the best. A little bit high for Jureg, who couldn't get it. By the time he got to the ball, the Penn Manor defenders were all over him, and he was taken down at the 9. Luckily, the defense would hold, force a field goal, and it would be blocked by Andrew Weller, scooped up by Trevor Tenga, and he takes it the distance, going, I believe it was 89 yards is what they uh, marked it, and Wilson gets a score. Eventually, would we'll get the extra point to go 7 nothing. Then Jurek throws to freshman Troy Corson, who rumbles all the way down for another one of the Bulldogs' touchdown. This put them up 14 to nothing. And here's one from Iggy, who has been reaching the end zone a lot, not just this season, but over the course of his career, getting the team down to the five there. And then he caps it on, I believe, the ensuing play (laughs) or one of the next plays, just making people miss.
0: And when they don't miss, he just makes sure they don't tackle him. Yeah. So uh, pretty crazy. Um, You know, and, you know, we're able to make the extra point. That was a good picture. That was pretty cool. And that
1: was actually Sam Chisholm who was kicking because Frankie Cox was was injured or was ill, was unable to kick against Penn Manor. And he didn't miss and beat. He hit all seven or, excuse me, all five of his extra points. Right, right, yeah.
0: So that was kind of cool to get to see him get in there and, and make the most of his opportunity.
1: Not only can Iggy do it on the ground, he can do it with air. Uh, leading receiver, a few weeks, especially at the beginning of the season, still doing it. Last week against Penn Manor, we we're getting to see Eddie Ortiz in the the yeah. backfield, hey, man, which uh, happens yeah, he, often. Yeah,
0: he's come alive the last couple weeks in the field too. It's been cr- pretty crazy. So
1: now this was the, I believe, the untimed down right before halftime. Yes. Uh, Wilson wasn't able to score on that little uh, interesting. Uh, uh, day before the half, but nice play from Yurig to Corson as well. Freshman Troy Corson was nearing 100 yards receiving in this game. He didn't quite quite get there. So, just a few more highlights from the game against Penn Manor. Nice pocket presence from Yurig. Throws it downfield to the aforementioned Corson. Unfortunately, in high school when your knees are down, you're down, and he was just short of the goal line. Next play, Iggy walks in to extend the Wilson lead. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just kind Kind of of a waltz. Kind of the opposite of the one before where he had to run over a few people uh, that we saw earlier in the game. He just, there was no one to run over. (laughs) So he just kind of was able to get right in.
1: There we saw a sack by John Ventura. And there's a nice pitching catch from Jurek to Chris Roberson. And then Abdul McFoy takes this one into the end zone, which I think was wilson's last touchdown
0: right and i think that Rosen catch may have been on fourth down i'm not 100 sure but i think it was like i think we we're in that and kind of no man's is land
1: your final and the post game huddle so the 2017 week six, week six final 35 to 12 favor the bulldogs and some individual statistics here uh Connor Urig was 14 of 21 for 202 yards and a touchdown. He also had five rushes for 20 yards. Iggy Reynoso, 21 carries for 165 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. He contributed four catches for 30 yards receiving as well. Abdul 4 you saw his touchdown. And he had five rushes for 32 yards and a catch for five yards. Freshman Troy Corston, three receptions for 91 yards and a touchdown. And senior Angel Martinez had three catches for 37 yards. Uh, I believe junior Greg Smith had eight tackles. Is he I think so. I I don't know for sure. I thought he was a junior. Yeah. There's something for me to look up. And uh, he was filling in for Trevor Hatley, who did not play in the game against Penn Manor because of the uh, unfortunate circumstance surrounding uh, his mom, Amy Hatley, passing away uh, just a few hours beforehand. And we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, and what the uh, the team and the community were able to do over the last week leading up to the Lebanon game, which Trevor did return for. Nick Johnson defensively had seven tackles and one tackle for loss against Penn Manor. Eddie Ortiz, two tackles, one of them for loss the sack you saw in the highlights. And then Chris, Chris Price, uh, Quinn Sprout, and John Ventura each had a sack during the game as well. So... Pretty good all-around effort. A couple of hiccups here and there, but overall, they got the job done.
0: Yeah, and, and all things considered, you know, they were able to hit their stride, get get the job done. You know, they were able to get Iggy running. And, you know, I think it was uh, Jeff Reiner a couple of weeks ago, posted, like Iggy run, Iggy catch, Iggy score, something yeah. like that. And like... Basically, as that, Iggy goes, Wilson goes. And you can't really argue against that. That's, that's what it is right now. And if, if Wilson gets Iggy going, like they were able to each of these weeks, as we'll see then Wilson's generally going to have a good night. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, as Iggy goes, Wilson goes. At least that's been the story pretty much all season. It, he's done it a little differently. He's been able to get it on the ground more recently. Not that he's not a threat in the air, but like early in the season, it was pretty much primarily through the air. Uh, whereas now he's kind of, not that he's necessarily the, the dual threat. He was always the dual threat. But, um, you know, I th- I think they're, that passing game is developing. And... uh it's helping Iggy get things going on the ground.
1: Yeah, for sure. And during that game, uh, it was announced that Connor Urich cup a uh, record getting to 3,000 passing yards in his Wilson career, moving up the record books, I believe, into the top five in program history. And Iggy Reynoso going over 4,000 career rushing yards, which moved him into top five, maybe top four in Burke's County history, Yeah, adding more touchdowns as well, which moved him up the list into a spot that he would soon get even higher in the Lebanon game. So we actually caught up with the record setters and uh, the offensive leaders, Connor Urug and Iggy Reynoso, following the victory against Penn Manor. Wilson, you get now to leave into the top five. What does it mean to you that, uh, you know, some big names in Wilson history? Same as what Iggy said. I'm just
2: like, it's, it's cool, but I'm so
1: yeah, individual accolades are nice, but in the end, it's all about the Ws and trophy case. Yeah. So, you know, now you're uh, in the middle of this two-game homestand. You got Lebanon coming in next week. Cedars, uh, having a long out. So what do you think it's going to take you guys to go toe-to-toe with them next week? No. Uh, it's an
3: emotional game. What would it
1: like playing uh, under these circumstances? You know, playing as a family, as a team.
2: Like brother, and with half we just wanted to.
1: Out for him. There's an aspect of the game you're hoping to improve on in the second season. that started here. Pass game, it yeah. yeah. Seems like they're uh, uh, shuffling a lot of different mm-hmm. wide receivers, a lot of different looks. Is it is it tough to get like a continuity down with specific guys or trying to rotate in so many different receivers? Yeah, we're getting
2: the hang of it of like just you knowing who's faster and who's not, how the routes are. But we're getting those
1: and how's it like for both of you playing with so many underclassmen and pretty specific or important positions along the offensive line, secondary, receiver, uh, you know, what have you guys been into with the young guys to, to get them ready to play on Friday night?
2: Taking leadership and shining down the stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. So what are you guys looking forward to these last few weeks? Winning.
2: Yeah.
1: That's a good answer. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't got much else for you guys. Thanks you for joining us. Congratulations on the win and hopefully we'll talk to you again in the next few weeks. All right, so hopefully you were able to hear that I don't know we were having some issues here at the beginning so hopefully you got the gist of the interview after the win versus Penn Manor with uh, Iggy and Connor if not I apologize for that but uh, you know not a lot to say and uh, I struggle with uh, coming up with uh, some great questions but they're pretty much uh, concise and to the point um, saying some of the teams just they can't hang and they just want to
0: win. Right. They basically kind of said essentially what what we say from a different perspective. Like, you know, they know what the expectation is going into that game against Penn Manor. They were able to get the job done. There's still work to do. You know, let's get – let's keep working and keep getting better because, um, you know, they hope to have bigger and better things as the season goes on. And I think that's kind of what we got from both of them, um, you know, and – you know that coming from them on on nights where they both passed big mile, milestones, like you said. But uh, you know, as you as you kind of mentioned earlier in the show, there were, there was a lot going on for a lot of the players and the coaches and the fans and everyone kind of involved uh, a week and a half ago now. Um, so, you know, I, I think there was some some kind of relief to to get done, um, you know, with the game and and be done and, and move on to other other things that are, um, you know important in a whole different way. <laughs> yeah. Not outside of, outside of, uh, you know, a game. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, sometimes, well, we, we don't need to get into that, but I think, you know, the game, the game was over and it was time to, you know, address some other things, but, uh, you know, while, while that happened, you know, they, they were kind of right. They were able to work on some things moving forward into, uh, the Lebanon game and, and we saw that again.
1: Yeah, so let's talk, let's wrap up the Penn Manor game and let's talk about our player of the game for the win versus Penn Manor. And there it is. So we're going to go with a senior quarterback this year, Connor Urig. First time, I believe, this season we were able to give it to him, uh, not because he hasn't been playing really well. Uh, And Mike Drago has been talking about he's completing almost 75% in the, in the league game. So uh, off to a very, very strong start in the first four games in the LL league. And he had a very strong night versus the Comets throwing for over 200 yards and the score and moving himself up the uh, career pass yardage list in program history. So Connor Yergs, our player of the game against Penn Manor.
0: Yeah. And, and like uh, Iggy and Connor said, after the game, you know, passing game is something they still felt they needed to work on. We started to see it kind of start to round into shape. I'd feel mm-hmm. like in that Penn Manor game, and that was definitely something they wanted to be going, uh, keep getting better at, um, you know, along with everything. But one of the one of the areas where they felt they needed, you know, or had the most room for improvement. So they were able to kind of get things going there. And um, again, you know, we'll see in, in the Lebanon uh in the Lebanon one uh you know they were able to kind of take another step with that as well
1: all right so we're gonna move on and talk about the Lebanon game now again we we kind of already touched on that the team was riding an emotional roller coaster uh, with the passing of Amy Hatley the previous Friday and they um, attended the services on Thursday before the game and um you know they they wanted to show an, another way to pay their respects and honor the memory of her and they came up with the helmet sticker idea which they got quick turnaround on and it was very very popular I'll try to show it uh here if this works yeah there you go and it's posted on the football page but it is a a light blue football with uh the motto that they've been going with for the last 2 plus years Uh, simply Hatley Strong. So that was on the backs of the helmets of all the players on Friday night prior to the game versus versus Lebanon. And well, thankfully for the Bulldogs, uh, they were able to come out and despite the emotions running high, they were able to come out victorious and take down the Lebanon Cedars, as we alluded to earlier, on Friday the 13th by a score of, an interesting one,
0: 46 to 11. Yeah, kind of an odd score. Uh, you mentioned that earlier. You know, it's, it's kind of funny because I know last year when we were talking about the Leavening game or previewing the Leavening game and things like, you you had to go way back in, into all kinds of archives to find, um, you know, stats because we had not played Lebanon for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, at, you know, the way things uh, shaped up last last winter or late winter, early spring, you um, I don't think we're going to face them again for a long time. So. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, they they hadn't been in s- the same section as Wilson since the two-year cycle in the fall of 98 and fall of 99. Uh, when it was Wilson, actually, that had dropped to section two. Right, right? Wilson yeah. actually went down to two and played Lebanon for that two-year cycle. Wilson lost to Lebanon in 1998 at Lebanon, where we were last year and then they welcomed them in in 99, and of course 99 was one of Wilson's better teams in the history of the program, went undefeated in the regular season, made it into, uh, I believe it was the Elite Eight of the states, where they got to play uh, Becca High after beating Cumberland Valley in the district championship um, pretty handily, um,
0: that was the likes of Pete Gilmore and Tony yeah, That was that was prior to my time at Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I, I, do I, like don't to, remember. I do like to tell that story, though, that my dad was actually at the wilson manheim Central game at Gersky that year. And that
1: one was closer than it should have been. Yes, that was. Uh, Bulldogs but, trying to get a little payback from I remember from the he, was, he was thoroughly
0: impressed by Pete Gilmore and, and Wilson football in general, but uh, I believe they – Pete Gilmore kind of put on a show and and got some. When didn't he though? Some, right, hey, got some much needed yards at the right time uh, in that game as well. For sure. So, uh, you
1: know, back in 2017 against Lebanon, the 46 to 11 victory, Wilson pretty much controlled the entire game. There's a little bit of a an issue at the beginning in the f- part of the f- first quarter. Uh, some hiccups. I mean, Wilson was actually up fourteen to nothing, and you well, no, like, on two plays, on uh, two plays, two offensive plays. You know, and we'll see this in the highlights. Great kickoff return by Abdul. Then uh, there was a penalty, but and ended up Yurig hit Nick Johnson in the end zone for twenty nine yard score. Bulldogs get the ball back. Next offensive play is a big Iggy touchdown run. Right. So two offensive plays, two touchdowns, fourteen uh, nothing. Then. Things just got a little slippery. Their quarterback, as a key salesman, is a, an electric junior. He keeps plays alive with his feet and his arm, yeah. and he was in able every to... <laughs> facet of the game. Yeah. It was unbelievable. He was able to move we the team. We saw it down. last year. We oh, knew yeah. it was coming, yep. and it was still unbelievable. Move the team down. Now they got held. They kick a field goal, but on the next next kickoff, it bounces off of a player's helmet. They recover, they advance, and eventually score. Maybe I mean, it's hard to tell okay, in the video. I, I don't know if you could tell from the press box when I was down no, on the field. I, was I could like, not tell from How where the I was? refs calling right. this a touchdown. I couldn't see anything that was definitive to say he went in, but they gave him the benefit of the doubt. But it wasn't over there yet. So now it's fourteen to nine. They go to try to kick the extra point. Low snap. Somehow, eventually, ends up in the hands of salesman, probably the last guy you want to have the ball, right. and he does his magic and lost it in the end zone, and they get the two point conversion, and so that's, you know it's fourteen eleven. Right. So with a few minutes left in the first quarter, it's fourteen eleven, and people are like, "Oh, here we go." They came out, you know, that they had that, that high energy. You know, they're stoked. They they want to get out there. They want to have a great game. They start off so well, and then all of a sudden, just a couple plays, and it drops. And now you're only up by three right. to a team that everyone expects you to destroy. <laughs> so that that was it. I've, you know the final score: forty six to eleven. Obviously, the defense didn't right, give they up. They were the able Edwards, to regroup from there, and the offense got a few more. So, and we'll go over that. We'll we'll watch the highlights then. But uh, team stats, first downs. This will show you how much Wilson was in control of the game. 23 first for the Bulldogs, just seven for the Cedars. Rushing yards, Wilson two hundred and sixty-seven total. Lebanon just twenty-five. Wilson also uh, had more yards in the passing game, one hundred eighty-one to Lebanon's one fifty-two.
0: And many of those one fifty-two came on one play. Uh, Yeah,
1: Lebanon as well. There was one fifty-yard. You know, right there, one third of their passing Mm -hmm. came on one play. Uh, Total yards, Wilson three thirty-seven to Lebanon's one
0: seventy-five. And it really was a ball control game. Right. As... But th- that's interesting because in the first quarter, it was not. I'd love to see what the time of possession was after the first quarter because we scored on the first two plays. And then they kind of like, not that they were holding it, sustaining drives. But when it comes to, you know, they, they were just taking a lot more time. So it, it was kind of um, interesting to see. I, I would be interested to see what that is
1: uh it was we had it for two minutes and 58 seconds right
0: yeah so like i felt like you know and and 14 11 you know it's not that that drastic there you know of, of a you know it's kind of opposite of what the time of, time of possession is obviously but it's kind of interesting that they held the ball for nine minutes in the first quarter and five minutes the rest of the game basically. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, well, that's. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's right. Now, I'm looking at revised stats here. It looks like that changed. It was actually pretty even. Now. Okay. Okay. Uh, but there still exists the um, The first quarter uh, change that Lebanon had it for nine minutes in the first quarter and Wilson just for three. Okay. Uh, but but still- Wilson had the ball for 10 minutes in the fourth quarter. Right, right. So that. It yeah. kind of right there's your flip. Yep. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, Levin had the ball more in the first half. Wilson had more in the second half, and it was pretty even overall. So it looks like those stats got updated since I since I did this this stat sheet here. But uh, not as huge a discrepancy as it looked upon first glance. But moving on, third downs, Wilson much better this week, seventy percent, seven out of ten. Levin was held to just two out of twelve. The Bulldogs converted one of two fourth downs. Levin did three of five. In the red zone, Ledden was perfect, two of two. Wilson four of five, so not awful. Uh, you like to be perfect there, but I four Wilson's
0: of five, fourth, or I believe Wilson, the on one they stop missed was at was the very end. At the very end, right, right, yeah, yeah so. the second
1: team, second unit or JVs were in, um, they weren't able to score though. It was I think like from the one yard line. It though, was, yeah, so. it was close. Um, so well, why don't we check out these highlights here, and. Uh, so you can see everything that I that I just described. Let me pull up the recap here on Huddle that I put together, and we can take a look at how the Wilson Lebanon game from Friday the thirteenth went down at Gursky Stadium in West Lawn. So we'll start here with some pictures and a reverse of the slides i love huddle is a great thing to work it's kind with.
0: of it's kind of like the first game that hasn't been nice weather
1: yeah yeah <laughs> it, it was disappointing that it was misting almost the entire game through the third quarter and uh you know but you got to deal with it that's the way it is oh yeah it was the yeah, first yeah. it time wasn't, this year so yeah
0: it wasn't too bad but it just wasn't wasn't the We've been kind of spoiled with the rest of it. Yeah. So. so here's the
1: opening kickoff. You're going to see Abdul take it, I believe, it almost to the 30 of the Cedars. And I mentioned there was a penalty uh, from Lebanon. I think he takes yeah, it to the 34. So they have encroachment. We get it to the 29. And then here you're going to see Yurig hits Johnson in the end zone. Great pocket awareness here. Great protection yeah. for Yurig. And he rolls out and throws it over 11 receiver to Nick Johnson in the end zone. And then yeah, uh, so first offensive play of the game, touchdown. Nice defensive stand by Wilson on their for first, first series, get the ball back and one well in 4 yard touchdown by Iggy. Yeah. Untouched. I don't yeah. think anyone got until the goal line. Right. And it was even I think he was in the end zone when he I got think hit. So. so yeah. Um you're gonna see this a lot of them talked about it a little bit. Well, here's the big pass that sets up their score, uh their field goal, I should say. And the communication in the secondary gets them down inside the Wilson 20. But they do not score. They get the field goal here. Excuse me, they do not score a touchdown. They which get the is field a nice goal. kick. You know? It was a very nice kick. Yeah. Next next play, the kickoff, right off of the face right. mask now
0: defender. I'm also I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm I feel like if our coaches wouldn't have like gone out and explained, they may have given them the spot at like the ten or five yard line when they can't advance the ball. Now, if if Wilson had well, this is the crazy play, so we'll look at the... So, yeah, all the way back to the 25, and then he just leaves it in the end zone.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just... But that was it. That was the extent right, of the damage. Right, right. Wilson <laughs> got the ball back, drove down the field, and Iggy would get his second down of the night right here, and he would plow over some people to get into the end zone. Yeah, nothing was stopping him. He's now one away from Jason Reinhardt's Berks County record of total career touchdowns, so he's sitting at, uh, I believe, 69, I think, right now. Yeah. A nice pass from Jurek to uh, I Isaiah out. Gilmore. Yeah. And now Wilson's on defense here, but you're going to see a nice uh, sack by Quinn Sprout and his defenders. Then on the very next play, we get another sack from senior defensive end Chris Price by the Shoelaces. And then uh, Levin had a tough time punting all night as well, which yeah. set up Wilson with good field position. And this is the one... <laughs> This is this is the yeah he takes care of so many ball, or so many defenders on this play to get into the end zone for his Burke's career tying touchdown run right I'm seventy correct I, I believe I that believe, was seventy yeah. yes and uh, here right before him you're going to see Salesman lob it to Andrew Weller and if you recall Andrew Weller does not play for the Cedars <laughs> uh, so Wilson goes into halftime able to get a field goal from Frankie Cox. And I believe they are 30-11 to 11 at halftime. And now you see the defense gone. Here's Zach right here. Bulldogs are able to convert on the next offensive series. And there is the record-setting career touchdown number 71 for know with at least three games to go for him. And another swarming team defense sack there. I believe Magalotti was in on that one. And I think this one you're going to see Trevor Hadley oh, just... Unblocked up the middle and takes down salesman back on offense for the Bulldogs. Now we get to see Abdul McFoy take a little swing pass, little flare, <laughs> and uh, he'll get to uh, contribute more as we turn to the fourth quarter. And He gets a nice rush here, gets him almost to the red zone, and then he'll finish it a few plays later with a touchdown which will end the night for any remaining starters that the Bulldogs had out there. And we'll get to see here the defense still putting on pressure, recovering a fumble, allowing the Wilson backups and JV some more time, and we'll get to see some nice running from senior Hunter Regal in the final minutes of the game. And they weren't able to convert, we get to see how Wilson got the mercy rule, and that would be via a... Tackle for a loss in the end zone by Greg Smith and Chandler Fern. And that would do it. Post game with Coach Doms. And uh, week 7 final, 46-11. to The Bulldogs get
0: the victory. Yeah, so it was a nice. You know, like we mentioned, there was there were a couple hiccups in the first quarter. Um, but they were able to, you know, ride that out and, and get right on track and, and get things done. Um, you know, it was... An impressive game um, from from Iggy and and those and Jurig even on on offense. You know they were able to get those things done. Jurig was able to get that pass right right away to Johnson um, on the first play, and then you, you saw Iggy just wasn't going to be stopped. And I feel like we say that every week. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when way. when watching his highlights. Yep, it's unbelievable. You just watch him like he has one of those runs like he did against Lebanon there where like maybe four, five, six guys had a shot and he just wasn't going down. Um, So, you know, more of like what we said before, as Iggy goes, uh, this team goes and that, you know, and that's not a knock on the team. That's just, that's more, I'm making that more of, more as a statement about like Iggy just is good enough that he has that kind of influence on, on this team's success. For sure. So,
1: um, we, uh, we Actually, I had a video after the game to uh, hear Coach Doms address the team after the tumultuous week that had happened, uh, and it was uh, emotional as you would expect, and, uh, well, he had uh, something special to do uh, when all was said and done. to Township just like that. Lebanon's over. Time to move on. So we'll be doing that momentarily. Just a few more things to touch up with Lebanon. And uh, we do have two interviews here. We'll make sure that we got the audio hopefully fixed here. We were able to catch up with I believe people we haven't talked to yet. In uh, I don't think so. And two players. And then Coach Dom. We haven't heard from Coach Dom since the beginning of the season when we're doing our previews, so we will do these interviews here back-to-back. First up, we get to talk to uh, junior tight end and inside linebacker Nick Johnson and senior offensive lineman and defensive lineman Nick Drake. With Nick Johnson and Nick, though, thanks for joining us, guys. How it feel to get that win? Amazing. It's
2: been a tough week, so it's great to pull out a win. Now we're prepared for Manhattan
1: Township. Yeah, I know. You know, we didn't want to ask anyone the last few weeks about that because it was looming large. You we know, needed one week at a time. But now it's upon you, you get to focus on the Blue Streaks. Before we do that, let's talk about the week that you guys had. What was it like this week uh, being together as a team after the unfortunate uh, incident uh, last week? Uh, you know, what take it to have things once a week?
3: bombed together. We really all rallied behind each other we made sure we were just there for everyone, which brought
2: us closer and closer and closer. And closer. To help us on the field. Yeah, our team chemistry was going to really brought us close together. Had a lot of conversations. We kept making sure everybody wasn't sad or felt alone. So we just wanted to make sure everybody was okay. We felt yeah, we did a good job. That. Along with going out to practice with a mindset yeah. that we still yeah. have a game to play. So we memorized the game and we, we just got play, playing with that in our hearts.
1: Excellent. Ed, the team bonding went well. Great uh, a great get, win tonight. And you guys started off really strong offensively. Touchdowns against the first two play. Uh You, getting end of this one, and uh, you blocking for 80 all night. Four touchdowns for 80 now. That's the uh, career record for touchdowns. That's 71. Pretty great. We still have some time left. That's right. The season's not over yet. And uh, Nick, well, I should say Johnson. Nick, you to know who I'm talking to. Johnson. 4 short of 100, very close. Oh, 6 for 96, oh, but you got 4. Betting, the so game. that that's good, but I'm um, rushing. Zero
2: zero. Rushing yeah, drink
1: overall, the team was uh, over 200. I think it was in um, 300, so another oh, night from the offense, like, 267 overall. So that good to hear. Uh, um, That's
3: our number one goal, to get the yeah. ground game going. not just about the uh, passing game.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So do you guys think that's going to be the, uh, the mantra heading into Township next week?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely gonna need to work, work our butts off to control control
2: that scrimmage next Friday night. Cal yeah, uh, really State one of the best teams we play all season. Starting on the ground, that would definitely, like you said, open up the pass game, especially on those
1: moments. Now I've been asking everyone that we interview, what's it been like this season playing with so many young guys? Now you know you were thrown in the fray last year as a sophomore. So in their shoes, what are they feeling, and how have you guys taking them under your wing to you know lead them to a successful season?
3: I think like. A lot of the sophomores and even freshmen that get thrown in there, like, you can tell they're nervous, but all, like, Isaiah Gilmore, Joey, um, and myself, like, we just all been there to talk them through it and everything and talk them down, like, it's just, it's part of the team thing. Like, we've all been there through each other to help through it to know how nervous they can be or how, like, anxious, like, to get
2: it done. Like, and the number one thing with the young kids is to stay positive because if you get down on them, the confidence will drop and we. And, like, I've helped a lot of the younger linemen because we do have a lot of younger kids, especially, I mean, we have two smaller starters. Right. And Keller and Vanino, I'm sure played this yeah. year. Keller,
1: like, Mike, Mike clients, yep.
2: So we just have to keep them positive, don't get minutes down, because once it builds it up, great football.
1: Right. So you are our jersey sake for the night, we're winning 68 in the league. What is the one thing that you think has to happen against Panthers Cal- next week to get the number 69?
2: Establish the ground game. Yeah.
1: Like ground said, game, all game. about If we don't Indeed.
2: establish the ground game, we're in big trouble. we
3: got to smaller weapon weapons on Salad, MGM. M- M- G- not sure how to
1: pronounce <laughs> it, but uh, Yeah, Reese Bender. Yeah, they've got a lot of weapons, awesome. and uh, it'll be interesting to see you guys in kind Nessville of next week. We'll obviously be there. Last thing, uh, a couple weeks ago, Nick, I said that you kind of become one of the leaders on this team. It's it's unusual to see an underclassman take such a big role, but you have become a vocal leader. Um, you know, h- how has that come about? How have you become one of the guys that they have, they're turning to for uh, leadership on and off the field? I think honestly, like all the credits to the seniors;
3: they've done a great yeah. job, but like, they've also accepted me stepping up in that role, which boosted my confidence to step up even further into that role. So it's and he just, leads by
2: example as well. His work ethic is amazing and the way in the weight room. He takes days off on the field. He's always hitting hard going, hundred percent play. So a lot of younger and even older kids look up to.
1: All right, well, I don't want to hold you guys up anymore. Thanks for joining us here. Congrats on the win, and we'll look forward to seeing you at Township next Friday. Thank you. All right, so it was nice to talk to uh, two new interviewees for the Bulldog Hour, at least uh, post-game this season. And um, same thing goes here for our next one. Obviously, didn't need any introduction, but we're going to talk with Coach Doms following the win against Lebanon. Lebanon, our coach, uh, now at the point in the season that one been talking about for a long time, being behind Township, uh, what is the biggest threat to Wilson's winning streak right now? What is the aspect of Township's game that uh, is more they have
4: a balanced team. Uh, they've got a great quarterback, they good. they got a really stud linebacker. Some good others, I mean, uh, they're seniors. They're very experienced. Uh, we're going to take the pass, so we're going to see if we wish. We're going to have a push. it's Let's go What have you seen the improvement that you can say we're definitely one? Uh, we're pakes. We're still doing a better defense. still. We're going to uh, You know, right now they play our 8-9-8-9 varsity, but... Um, they got pressed in the service. Um, um, is this one of or is not the youngest team that you've had as a group started? For us is un- really under a good one. Uh, so it's very dumb because when the chips are down, they're gonna be. When it's they- two years of school, they get some and maybe even some guy got one season left, and you know, they're running a lot of mistakes. They aren't gonna be made, but you know they just gotta keep getting better. And now that we're, uh, we're able to talk about the team focus, has, what went over with your team over the last week? Did that uh, refocus? Look ahead. How they the went. emotion with that, you know, was real hard. You're like on a roller coaster, you know, it's getting them to, you know, focus on this game, which I think they did really love. Um, I don't anybody think of it now. Uh, I of I'm going to try the game plan it's next year
1: tonight with this eight straight win in the league obviously we for 69 next week but also we're able to skip on the non-season uh, we also saw two records broken over the last couple of weeks and say need to get to 71 touchdowns instead of running mark Mike to coach him uh,
4: he's, he's not physically in the game uh, he's, he's a little, he playing but he knows what he could be doing you know, he's doing that when you have him. Uh, he's, he's a you know he's the early now also he's some things also, you know, starts and that'll open up our passing game and Hopefully, we get, get another view. team seems to be finally getting to full health. Most of the bad Matt was out in
1: the night, but to see the reg- uh, have- Gilmore last week, now It was not mean some of those guys be the guys albeit a classman a
4: second there. Uh, is just a fun time. We were we playing and guys weren't even, you know, it'll you know, get more flaky, we do a lot more things, to start getting health. All right, well, I think
1: that's all we got for you. So, good luck next week at Manheim Township, and I'm sure we'll catch up with you again in two weeks. No, I was
4: fine. <laughs>
1: All right, so we got to hear from Coach Doms following Wilson's victory. All right, so we got to hear from Coach Doms following the Wilson victory over the Cedars on Friday the 13th, 46-11. to And, uh, well, we just got a a few things here left to wrap up the Week 7, some individual statistics for you. And uh, we'll start with the quarterback, Connor Urich, 15 of 19, again there, another very efficient night for him. 181 yards and a touchdown. Iggy, 19 rushes for 161 yards and four touchdowns. Abdul McFoy, six rushes for 47 yards and a touchdown. Two receptions for 24 yards. Nick Johnson, so close, as you heard in the interview, to getting to 100 yards receiving. He had six for 96 and the score to open the game. Hunter Regal, 10 rushes for 29 yards. Freshman, Troy Corson, five tackles from a safety spot. And we saw him in the highlights. We mentioned him that he's really been starting to catch fire. Senior defensive end, Eddie Ortiz, five tackles, three and a half for loss, and three sacks against Lebanon. And he, I believe, will be approaching single season and career marks not saying he's going to be in first place when all is said and done which but I believe belongs the list. to Austin Rosa from just a few I, years I, I ago I don't know but ortiz is definitely climbing the ranks there in program history for sacks again the only asterisk on that being that they have only started documenting them at least at wilson um, in the last 10 or so years i think maybe not sacks but tackles for loss and some of the other defensive statistics I'll have to check the Tradition Club stats book and maybe I can update you on that on the next show, uh, where Eddie is in terms of season sacks and career sacks. So we had a discussion again about player of the game. It's always tough to choose because usually week in, week out, both Yurig and Reynoso can be the player of the game. <laughs> yeah. And we we've tried to, you know, share the love. We've given it to Nick Johnson now twice. He could have had it tonight, honestly. Last week, uh, Trevor Tanga had the uh, had the uh, return touchdown on the blocked field goal, and there's plenty of players that have stepped up and put up some great stats. But I know this is his third time, and you don't we don't like to always do repeats. But when you're playing the way he has, putting up those numbers and setting county records, yeah. how are you not the player of the game? So right. for the third time this year. Senior running back Iggy Reynoso is our player of the game for Lebanon. Again, I just mentioned it, but he had 19 rushes for 161 yards and four touchdowns. Those four touchdowns put him at number one in career touchdowns scored in Berks County. And he's still got at least three games to go.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I feel like the picture you have up, uh, for those of you that can see it, you know, where he's dragging pretty much the Lebanon defense, you know, through to a touchdown. Um you know it's one of those where I said we we see this all the time, and it's hard because, like you mentioned, it, with Iggy's contribution to the team, like he's he's a vital part every every week. Um, but you you know, this isn't this is as much a uh, a single game as just what his contribution over time has been as well. um it's it's been pretty amazing. Um, you know, I, I was talking to you before the show today, you know, watching some NFL games. Um, my son, every time somebody ran the ball, he would yell Iggy Reynoso. Um, you know, so I think it's pretty clear who my son's favorite is, you know, um, that puts Iggy in pretty high regard because the only other person he says like that by Saquon name is Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. When he, he just likes to run from one side of the room to the other, dive and yells Saquon touchdown. Right. So, so now it's Iggy, so
1: Iggy Reynoso. Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: He yells Iggy Reynoso like the, like the band does, uh, after every carry. Um, so Iggy, you are in high regard with, with my son, uh, you know, probably you, not you, the only, uh, you and Saquon <laughs>
1: young kid. Yeah. Probably not the only young kid that, that no. does so. So no. yeah, that's, that's cool for sure. And, and this was brought to my attention now, bef- just before, uh, we started the show tonight, but I feel that, uh, it's something that we probably should, uh, touch on. Um, Justin actually sent it to me and just a couple hours ago, it was posted, uh, that the Wilson education foundation, had their back to school bash fundraiser and they were able to award the first ever Wilson legacy award. And it just so happens to go to one, Mr. Doug Doms. So you may have heard of him.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, just, just the kind of, and they'll explain in the video, but it's not just, uh, not just on the football field accomplishments. Um, but you know, obviously that's a part of the story, um, but you know his his accomplishments and his contributions to the Wilson community and and the school are just um, just I don't want to say unprecedented. That might not be the right word, but just like um, over
1: four decades yeah, of unbelievable
0: service to
1: the Wilson School District, the Wilson community, and the football team. Yeah. So, and uh, we're gonna watch the video that they posted honoring. Coach Doms as the Wilson Legacy Award winner, the, the inaugural award.
5: Doug Doms has impacted the Wilson community for more than 42 years as a teacher, coach, and community leader. Doug believes every day is a new adventure and that the kids are the reason he's here. On Doug's Downtime, He reaches out to the youth in our community with his team to teach flag football, instilling love for the game into some of Wilson's youngest. Doug leads a trip to Jamaica every year that leaves his students' lives changed forever. Doug's commitment to excellence both on and off the field has left a legacy that will last a lifetime. He's been a great leader, a great mentor, Um,
2: you know, all the nuances of how to be an exceptional leader. He sets an example. He's just really good at coaching. Like he tells you what you have to do and like all just, he's really good at explaining things. It's really easy for kids to comprehend and like understand what he's trying
0: to get across. Um, I've learned I've learned a lot of things, what to, what right things to do and wrong things to do. And with him, I've learned primarily the right things to do. Like I
2: said, he always gets to bet on the players uh, every day, uh, cracking jokes with us. And he knows what he has to do to push the team. And every week he's just there for us.
0: I, I would say in my whole, career as an athlete I've been pretty blessed with some great coaches and Dom's is definitely one of them he is a very intelligent man Um, you definitely learn that from any
4: experience you've had or conversation you've had with him and not only is he teaching you the rules and the game of football
0: but he also teaches you how to apply them to your everyday life
5: it gives the Wilson community great pride to present the Legacy Award to Doug Dom's over the years he's impacted thousands in the Wilson community and beyond by helping them become not just better students or better athletes, but better people. To quote Doug, my success is the student's success. Congratulations, Doug Doms, this year's recipient of the Wilson Legacy Award.
1: So, like I said, that was just posted, just like an hour before we started here, and I just thought it was uh, prudent to get it out on this episode of the show. So, congratulations to Coach Dom's for winning the inaugural Wilson Legacy Award.
0: Yeah, and like like you said, it's just a testament to uh, you know the, the things that he has done on the football field for the student athletes, but also for his his students and and Wilson uh, as a school and community. So.
1: All right, we're going to move on now and do the previews for Weeks 8 and 9, and obviously we talked about it a lot at the intro, and then obviously in the after the Lebanon game, this came to mind, but Week 8 has been the showdown that everyone's been excited for and anxious for, and that is Mannheim Township. Whenever the Bulldogs play Mannheim Township, especially over the last decade, the streak comes to mind because, well, that's this is the team that it all started with, not the team that we got our first win against. No, kind of the opposite. No, this is the last team to beat Wilson in the regular season as an LL Section 1 team. You have to actually go all the way back up to nearly a decade ago, to the yep. day yeah. that it happened. And uh, so we'll just, you know, we, we did a little thing, I think, two or three shows ago where we look back at... The fall of 1993, that was the last time Wilson had started one and two. So we decided, well, let's take a look back at the autumn of 2007, as that was the last time Wilson lost a league game. And you see on the left is the Red and Eagle article from that defeat. Uh, Manheim Township beat Wilson in Neffsville, and I believe it was 27-6 to 6 or something like that. Uh, it was very close at halftime. Wilson may have actually led at halftime, yeah. like seven to six or something like that. They lost twenty six to seven or twenty seven to six, uh, but they weren't able to get anything going again. This was a two thousand seventeen that actually finished seven and three, and then went two and one in the playoffs, very close to making the district championship game, albeit that which we've discussed multiple times that questionable call against Harrisburg in the uh, district final four. And uh, you'll notice that who the president was on this, well. Since the last Wilson loss, we've had a president for a full two terms. <laughs> I know. Like, when, when I was going through this and we talked about it, I was like, how crazy to think that, well, one, in 93, the last time Wilson was off to a 1-2 start, Bill Clinton had just become president, like, within the last year. And now the last time Wilson lost, George W. Bush was president, meaning Wilson didn't lose a single league game while Barack Obama was president.
0: That's a full two-term presidency. Yeah, I and I know we threw some of these out there, too. Like, I I didn't live in the area. Right. Well, literally in the area at the time. I was living in Puerto Rico at the time. Um, yeah, you were... <laughs> I was living uh, on the Coast Guard base in Puerto Rico,
5: um,
0: as teaching I, down there. As I point out
1: here, you weren't a teacher at Wilson yeah. at, when this happened. Yeah. I lived in Indiana <laughs> when this happened. I was not up to speed with Wilson football at the time, and... Um, something that maybe is a little bit more important to us, but the Phillies were not World Series champions <laughs> right, <that's> right. <laughs> when this all went down. It was a year away from happening. So kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of puts some things into per- perspective. It's not as big of a shock maybe as the 1993 one was right? when you're right, talking but... multiple decades, but here we are almost a full decade later. And uh, although my favorite – part of this and it comes up every year in the preseason and this is from one of our buddies one of our uh, contributors and one of our um uh donators uh from eastern pa football andy her every year when it comes time for scholastic football to start he likes to remind everyone that the last time wilson lost a league game the seniors were in so and so grade and i believe this year he was telling everyone well The current Wilson football seniors were in second grade the last time the Bulldogs lost a league game. And that led me to say, hey, why don't we take a look at what some of the high school seniors looked like the last time Wilson lost a league game? So um, through my contacts, I was able to get some of the mighty might pictures of a few of the Wilson seniors. So here you can see Peter Shuckman, Hunter Regal. Trevor Hatley and Nick Drake, um, you know, they're uh, trading cards from perhaps maybe their first year of organized football, yeah. at least in full contact. Possibly, yeah. Um, you're yeah. talking, you know, that, that Mighty Might level is uh, is the introduction for many of these uh, to the full contact world of of football. And
0: uh, yeah, uh, they look the same, right? Identical. Yeah, you no say real it. Changes. You say it. I'm like, I only could pick out one. <laughs> that's not true. I was able to pick out another one too. Well, we're not done there. No, it's just not just those four.
1: We also have, yes, the quarterback Connor Urich here as well. Unable to cram them all together, so he gets his own. But you know, something you just treat the quarterbacks differently. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, interesting to look back on what the seniors looked like ten years ago in the fall of two thousand and seven and you know since then they haven't seen a Wilson team lose a section game which I know obviously their number one goal is for that to continue Mm -hmm. and uh, a couple more provided to me from uh practices and the games and you can see some of the players suiting up and uh the old Van Reed stomping grounds there behind uh the high school and what was central, where they don't even practice anymore. Now they're over with us at West. Again, so, schools
0: that I don't think West didn't exist at that time. Right.
1: You're right. You're right. West did not exist in 2007. West opened its doors in 2010 when Wilson moved to the middle school system. And while this this goes back uh, just seven years, not a full 10, I did think it was cool when these pictures were provided to me of the current seniors and, and some juniors as well. Uh, on a, in a backyard on a playset with members of the 2010 football team, you'll see Zach Zweizig and Tyler Beck in these pictures. And among them, um, Nick Drake is in here. Uh, Trevor Hatley's in here. I, there perhaps may even be some of the sophomores. I think Gibbles might be in here. Um, I see a Raider. I see Shuckman. So yeah, you can uh, point out a bunch of the Foxes, I believe are also in these pictures. (laughs) Uh, so, it's good time looking back on, you know, seven to ten years ago, what these uh, current Wilson football players uh, were doing as uh, Little League players. So, I thank all the uh, the, the parents for providing these to me. It, is, it will be a shock to some of the players when I start sending these out on the Instagram. Um, I fully intend to do that, and I'm very do excited it. for the responses. Yes, exactly. Because I'm sure it'll be great. So, yeah. That about does it for that. And, um, you know, this Friday, October 20th, Wilson's traveling to Nestville to take on the Blue Streaks. Not a lot to say that hasn't already been said by all the other media out there, but Manheim Township's good. You know, they they tripped up once, I believe, in, was that week three, I think it was? Yeah. Yeah, they they fell to Governor Mifflin. uh, A little bit uncharacteristic. Uh Mifflin was coming off a bad loss to Calico. They rebounded rebounded in a big way. I think
0: I think Township was missing some guys that that night as well. Um but yeah, since then and even before then, uh they've they've been rolling. Um you know, so yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean there isn't much. I mean they yeah, they're gonna be ready to go. MG you know, Saladay, it's... Bender, you heard mentioned during the show. Uh big Lyman. Offense and defense, they're going to be ready to to, uh, to take care of business. Huh. They thought they had us last year, yep. and Wilson was able to to get it out the seventeen to ten victory over the Blue Streaks uh, during Week Eight in twenty sixteen. They they thought they had us, but they had like Coach told us after the game. Coach Tom said to us, "We have to go there next year, and they have everyone back."
0: Yep. So and that, that's pretty much how it how it shapes up for uh, Friday night. So you know, Wilson has their work cut out for him but uh, again we we've seen this you know not this but we, we've seen uh, you know similar situations where you know, teams teams have lined up and you know every, you're you're getting a your great shot you know you're getting everybody's best shot every week i should say um and we know township's best shot is going to be really good that, that that's kind of the key uh but you know Wilson we mentioned early in the season you know got off to not, not necessarily the the fast start that everybody wanted and but they've been able to work on some things and get some things going and you know now it's time to keep getting better this week uh, coach Tom said it in the interview uh you know it's no secret we, we've talked about it as iggy goes his team goes um you know they knowing that everyone knows it they know it we know it we have to be able to iggy we have to be able to get iggy successful in this game regardless of the fact that they know that's our goal, you know, like for sure. And, and does that not sound like, I know we, things have changed over time in terms of the Wilson offense, but basically like, you know, it's essentially Wilson's going to run the ball. You, everyone knows they're going to run the ball. Ken Wilson run the ball is going to, is going to dictate this game, you know, and it, it's going to be interesting. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I, I think the guys are, are going to be up for the challenge. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful for this week. This is the
1: 46th all-time meeting between the schools. Wilson holds the edge, leading 35 wins, 9 losses, and 1 tie. The last game, last Wilson win, like I mentioned last year, 17-10 on October 21st at Gersky. And as already been stated, last Manheim Township win was 26-7 on October 26, 2007 at Mannheim Township. The Blue Streak stand at 6-1 overall beating Central Dolphin in Week 1 and Southwestern in Week 2 before they lost to Governor Mifflin in Week 3. And since then, they've rolled out four straight victories over Hempfield, Conestoga Valley, McCaskey, and recently Warwick. They host us this week before heading to Lebanon in Week 9 and closing the season at home versus Penn Manor in Week 10. So I... Yeah, I don't it, think there's much else to say about no, the every, every
0: Well, you know, we don't really have to preview this one as much, but I mean, everybody knows. Everybody knows this is the big game that everybody's had circled on their calendar. Like you said, since that game ended last year, <laughs> you know, Wilson knows what's coming and, and Township wants another shot. And you know what? If you want to, if Wilson wants to be the best,
2: you hey, got to
0: fend off fend off all those, all those shots, right? I, I think of, you know, we don't really bring up boxing analogies all that often, but... You know, that guy who's the number one guy, he's got those title fights all the time, right? And so, hey, we've been that number one guy for a long time. We've won a lot of title fights. It's time to win another one, right? That's basically basically what this week comes down to. So, um, you know what? I, they know what, the, what they need to do, need to go out and execute. So, um, I'm confident that our guys are going to rise to the challenge.
1: Following the game against Manheim Township in Week 8, Wilson will head to Hempfield. In week nine, on Friday, October twenty seventh, to take on the Black Knights, Hempfield, uh, pretty strong, uh, maybe stronger than other than people thought to start the year. Uh, they were inconsistent to start two and two. They opened with a win over Dallas Town, thirty eight to fourteen. They lost at Exeter, twenty seven to twenty, before beating Central York, twenty four to twenty one, and then falling to Manheim Township. 56 to nothing. I believe the Black Knights were down as many as six starters for that game. I'm not sure if it was injury or suspension. I believe it was, um, though, health more health-related than it was for disciplinary reasons. But uh, they, they got beat up by Township pretty good, 56 to nothing. But since then, they've been a- able to rattle off three victories to get to 5-2, and two, identical
0: to Wilson. Right, including putting beating Warwick at Warwick and then... Putting up 52 points against McCaskey, right? So, so
1: they have the playmakers. Right, they've
0: got things going.
1: They, uh, they're no slouch offensively. They have a a solid, solid team this year. Uh, better, perhaps, better than what we saw last year at Wilson. This is the 35th all-time meeting between the teams, with Wilson leading 24 to 10 last year. The Bulldogs beat the Black Knights 38 to seven on October 28th at Gurski. and last time Hempfield won was a. Uh, but even before Township beat us in '07, Hempfield last beat us in 2005, 56 to 28. And at that point, Coach Doms was assistant Coach Doms. Yeah. So uh, Doug has not lost to Hempfield as head coach. Right. So 5-2, and two, no slouch, back-to-back games on the road to attempt to continue the league streak and look for a 10th straight unbeaten championship they'll need to do that by beating township and hemfield in their own stadiums yeah and uh you know
0: the the work's cut out for them the next two weeks but you know it, it's no surprise to anyone um you know like i said we've you've seen this sitting there all year we're glad we haven't had the hiccups you know before it um and you know what they they know the job and they're gonna they're gonna rise to the occasion um you know it's You know, I I hope we have lots of interviews on our next show in two weeks. Absolutely. Because interviews means wins.
1: Yeah. (laughs) If this show runs long like it is tonight, it's because we had a lot of people to talk to, a lot of things to address, and that's always good for the program. Before we get out of here, just some milestones to touch on. Coach Jeremy Palm, the quarterback coach, offense coordinator, earned his win 150 versus Penn Manor. So congratulations to him. He's obviously up to 151 now. And the win versus Lebanon was Coach Doms' 134th as head coach. He needs just 18 more to pass John Gersky's record of 151. He's also just two wins away from 400 with the program. He racked up 264 as an assistant and now the 134 as head coach. So, uh, you know, if all goes as we hope that will happen this
0: season. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to talk about it on the next show, right? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully that, that, that would, would be awesome, That would be wonderful because that, <laughs> that means that uh, Wilson beat Township and Hempfield, which is what we want. And uh, another uh, big milestone, this one for the program as a whole, you know, just, I believe, uh, three or four years ago, Wilson won game number 500, which is a big thing in the state of Pennsylvania. Well, the next victory they get, whether it's in week eight, nine, ten or whenever, will be the program's 550th wow. in its history. So, big things from individuals, players, coaches, and the program in general. I do want to mention that this Thursday, be sure to follow EasternPAFootball.com, Bruce Badgley, and Andy Hur on Twitter. I will be a guest once again on Fresh Set of Downs live from PJ Wellahan's on. Thursday evening hmm. at 6.30 to talk about... I, w- I wonder what they want to talk about <laughs> this week. To talk about Week 8 in Pennsylvania Scholastic Football in they, the District 3 area. They just brought it up every
0: time we've talked to them
1: this year, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure they're going to want to talk about the wilson Man and Township game, and I will indulge them as far as I can, but uh, I do not pick the Wilson game <laughs> ever. Um, I, I think I did go on the record for the Mifflin game, but I'm not going to pick Mifflin. Well, they like, kind of
0: put you on the spot. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not
1: going to pick Mifflin. That's not going to happen. It's always, I'm always going to pick Right, Wilson, yeah. What do they so, think is going to happen? Well, don't, don't even ask me because I'm picking Wilson. It doesn't matter. I could I could just talk about, you know. They, they could I could be
0: playing the, the Dolphins. Huh? I'll give
1: as much coach speak as I can Thursday mm-hmm. night and just say, you know, how good on Township is. But in the end, I'm still picking Wilson. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm not picking against the Bulldogs. No way. So I, I do want to make sure that you guys know about the fresh set of downs from Eastern PA football, and uh, Bruce and Andy do a great job. So uh, if you want to hear more from me, tune in on, I believe they do it through Periscope, Periscope on Twitter on the official Eastern PA football uh, account. Uh, again, like Wilson Bulldogs and the Bulldog Hour fan pages on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. During the games, we got updates with photos, uh, post-game interviews we do. And all those great things. And once again, thank you to all of our sponsors and contributors. Uh, Andy, Matt, um, our anonymous donor, and uh, my dad and May's Sandwich Shop for all that they have done these first few years of the show. Anything to add from you?
0: No, I just, uh, you know, it, we we preached a lot of things early in the season, you know. And uh, I think I think they're, they're starting to check those boxes. And, uh, you know, it's time to put it all together now. You know, we, we've reached that point, um, it was week eight, right? I guess week eight, yeah. yeah. So week eight, time to put it together. So, uh, you know, th- these are the exciting ones. So, you know, good luck and, uh, we'll, we'll be there, uh, you know, kind of doing our, I don't want to say jobs, but doing, doing our thing <laughs> not jobs related to like team performance or anything like that. But, uh, we'll be there to kind of watch it unfold and, uh, hopefully get some interviews after the game.
1: Yeah. We'll have the township game covered, the Hempfield game covered. And we'll be back here two weeks from tonight to break it all down and recap the final game of the regular season. And hopefully we'll also have a look ahead towards the District 3-6A playoffs. We we're going to go over power ratings tonight, but obviously it's this early. Like even the next show, well, it's and, still a week and before. And as,
0: as our uh, buddy Mike Drago put, they're probably not accurate because people don't have... The, I the think only one school we'll had an updated last I checked. Um, Someone but, did bring up a good point to him this week that is it distorted because some schools don't enter their out-of-state games like McDevitt played a new york team so their games are going to be different they also don't count,
1: count though yeah they also they, they, right. they literally don't count in the power rating that's
0: what i mean so like when you see like oh this team has only entered six oh, okay. games saying, this week saying, like, saying, yeah right. so um but anyway that's not really the case for uh, yeah because uh, the for one that 6a i don't think that that's really
1: entered the, uh, the only one that hadn't entered as of this afternoon when i looked was York County Technology School or something yeah, yeah, like that, which exactly. I, I don't even know who they play. So, it surprised me that there are
0: 6A. Well, see, so, they probably have to count because they draw from all the districts of York County. Mm-hmm. So, they probably have to count every kid. I got gotcha. you. Because that's basically like BCTC here. Mm-hmm. Like that – so, they have one, you know, that would be like BCTC having their own school. Interesting. So, you can imagine how that would be difficult. Yeah. Uh, classification-wise.
1: So... so but the uh, Lancaster 11 League looking pretty good with Mannheim Township, Wilson, and Hempfield, yeah. I believe, in the 3, 5, and 7 positions or something like that. So, obviously, a lot of football left to play. Wilson plays both those schools. We still got Cumberland Valley playing Harrisburg at the end of the year. Uh, I'm not sure uh, Cumberland Valley has played C.D. East yet. Right, so I think
0: CD, C.D. East usually play late in the year, do No, already played C.D. Oh, East they? beat them. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right, yeah.
1: So Just it, crazy that... That mid and t- we talked, we've about, talked it last about it every time. episode. It's crazy, <laughs> man. It's crazy. So um, so we'll see what happens. But I think that's all for us on episode 3 7. We'll be back two weeks from tonight for episode 3 8. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bulldog Hour for Justin Raffoff and the Wilson football program. I'm Joe Mays. And remember, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature
4: program on jmnjrradio.com.